Here we go, They're seven seconds. Deep. Berkovici, he's just going to air it out deep downfield, and uh, no white shirts around. Oh, it's it's gone. 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 Gone for a touchdown. It doesn't get any better than what is up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Red Shirt Podcast. It's time. I mean, I know my partner that I have here has been begging me to get going on this. I know. You know, we, I love baseball. We have baseball going on. But right around the corner, it's football season. And so this one, we're not talking about college. We'll get to college at some point. But we're going to talk about the NFL. Um, and I'm going to be doing that with Mr. Jackson Powers. Jackson, how are you? I'm wonderful. Uh, you alluded to baseball just then. Uh, I just watched Mookie Betts get absolutely destroyed in the first round of the home run derby by Vladimir Guerrero Jr. But, you know, can't say I didn't expect it to happen. I uh, put it behind me and I'm ready to talk some football. Truly happens to the best of us. So we're going to be splitting this up. Um, I know you all would probably love if we had like a five hour with all eight divisions and so on and so forth. We're going to unfortunately ruin the fun and we're going to break these up we're going to start off with the afc and we're going to start off with the afc north um we're going to go bottom to top and obviously i'm the host so i'm going to be kind enough to let jackson start us off all right so uh at the bottom i have got the pittsburgh steelers finishing at eight and nine one of the big headlines about this team is tomlin has never had a losing record as a head coach and I predicted it multiple years before, and I've been wrong multiple years before, and that's not going to stop me from predicting it this time. I'm really not in love with this roster, but I do think they have the track record to pull out a couple upsets and win a lot of those 50-50 games that really could go either way. Um, starting with the offense, obviously, Kenny Pickett under center, you're really hoping for a year two breakout out of him. I am not super in on Pickett. I think he looks solid out of structure, but in the pocket, I think he looks jittery. I don't think he looks super ready to take a throw. He's not, uh, or take a hit, excuse me. Um, he is not wonderful pre-snap, but it definitely improved throughout the season. Him and George Pickens seem to have a really nice connection, especially with the deep ball. I think that's something that's going to be there this year. Uh, I'm really hoping this offense looks a lot more explosive than it did last year because last year it really felt like they couldn't get any chunk plays really strung together. And I think Pickens and Deontay Johnson are, are going to play very large roles in that. Where I really struggle to enjoy this offense is offensive coordinator Matt Canada. Um, every team has some sort of coaching staff member that they complain about, and usually it's not warranted. I think Steelers fans are fully warranted to have as much hatred in Matt Canada as they want because this playbook just has absolutely no diversity. I would imagine that there's some high schools across the country that have a bigger playbook than Matt Canada. All he really likes to do is run split zone and the passing concepts are not too complex. Um, and it, it just makes this offense very predictable and easy to read. Um, but I think if you can see some progression out of Pickett, it should be considered a W on that front. Uh, I really, really do not like this offensive line. Dan Moore, Isaac Somalio, Mason Cole, James Daniels, and I don't even want to try and pronounce that, Okorafor. Um, I think it's going to be one of the worst in the league. We'll see if Broderick Jones starts on day one, but if he does, I really don't think he's going to be an immediate contributor. I think that he is really strong, really athletic and projects to be really good in the future. You don't see a lot of tackles come out year one and be great. He is not one of the guys that's going to do that, but good investment for the future. 
Moving on to the defense, I really like what I see. This front seven should be pretty awesome. Obviously, you're getting a healthy TJ Watt back. Um, tore that peck in week one, and when he got back, his power looked very limited, but he was still winning because he's TJ Watt, one of the best edge rushers in the league. You you get that full health back of TJ Watt, and he's he's fully unlocked. He's going to look awesome. Cameron, Cameron Hayward is still really good. I really liked Keanu Benton, who they got out of Wisconsin. We'll see how much he is able to produce as a rookie. Um, obviously, Larry Ogunjobi is pretty good. Um, the linebacker core, I'm not really in love with. The duo of Cole Holcomb and Landon Roberts up top is a little bit scary, but I think that that group up front should be able to hold it down. And then you have a really weird situation in the secondary here, right? Patrick Peterson, um, the old revamp from Arizona and Minneapolis, you're hoping you get another good year out of him. And Joey Porter, who they just spent the 32nd overall pick on, I really liked him out of college, but he's pretty slow with his hips. And when he's playing up close, he has these freakishly long arms that he can jam with. But if you get by him, he doesn't really have the speed or athleticism to keep up with someone once he's been burned. Uh, you're you're definitely hoping for a lot of projection out of that. So it that will be something that's interesting to see out of the secondary, how well they're able to perform. Um, Minka Fitzpatrick, in my opinion, the best safety in the league. Um, but yeah, I think I think the overall storyline is it's a good team. Maybe if this team was in the NFC, I would say they're fringe uh wildcard contenders, but the AFC is just too good. I think if you're a Steelers fan, you consider it a win. If Kenny Pickett shows you flashes that he's your franchise quarterback, and he very well could, um, but he's a guy I'm a little bit out on right now. So that's what I have to say about Pittsburgh. Good start. Um, and I say that it's a good start because your analysis was hard hitting. Um, but we also have different answers for the bottom of the AFC North, which I really Ooh. any of these teams, you switch them out. They, I mean, it, th these are four teams that are solid. Four teams that can win games. Um, in last, I have the Cleveland Browns going eight and nine. It's the Browns are weird because I think they're a pretty good roster overall. Um, obviously, you know, Deshaun Watson is officially here. There's not really too much cloudiness in terms of his availability. Um, obviously, love, love Nick Chubb. You know, he does his thing, but at a certain point, you're not you can't really rely on Chubb to win games. And I think I think Chubb is great, but I also think we're going to expect, at least I would expect to see a little bit of that decline with age. Um, still productive. The receivers, it's interesting. Um, Amari Cooper at this point in his career, I think he's good, not great. Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones is a solid, you know, sec secondary guy. Um, the guy to really look out for is Elijah Moore. Uh, I obviously saw him play as a Jet. There were some great moments. There were some head-scratching moments. There were some not sure why he wasn't involved moments and I'm I'm really not sure what to make of him I, I know that the tools are there but I'm not even sure if he's going to get force fed in this offense enough because you do Chubb obviously is going to get a lot of touches Amari's going to get touches uh you got David Njoku he's going to get touches um so it, it, it's interesting it'll be interesting to see how they uh integrate more in there they drafted Cedric Tillman as well I think Cedric Tillman is an under the radar guy that um, could contribute early, just kind of depending on how it goes. And the, the line's solid. There's not too much for me to complain about this roster, and I'll continue that as I get to the defense because it's the same sentiment. But I just – I don't believe in Deshaun Watson. I 
I think that if we were getting Deshaun Watson like that, you know, pre all of his off the field issues and pre taking a whole year off, I think that this is a playoff team and maybe even a Super Bowl contender. I just don't think Deshaun Watson is is great at this point because I think I, I think he's fine. I think he'll do a fine job, but they brought him here to elevate, to take this team, which already was built well, to try to make them a Super Bowl contender. And I don't I don't think he's that guy at this point. Defense, it's I mean, it's really good. You start with uh Miles Garrett, one of the best to do it. They bring in uh you got Zadir Zadarius Smith, excuse me. Um I know me and you definitely both liked uh Siaki Ika, who they took in the third round, uh playing inside the the defense overall is pretty nice on the line. You got uh Dalvin Tomlinson as well. Linebackers, uh, you're looking Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa, uh Sioni Taki Taki. Um, and then the DBs again, this this is a like a good team on paper. DBs, you get the Denzel Ward, you know what you're getting from him. High upside guys like Greg Newsom. Martin Emerson is big year for him. See if he can kind of establish a role. Safeties, Delpit, Thornhill. There are a lot of good players on this team with upside, especially, I mean, that defense, I feel like a lot of those guys in the secondary, those younger guys, I think there's a chance for them to take a step up. And on paper, it's, this is a team with a, with a winning record, a team that could win a division, a team that could maybe even compete for a Super Bowl with a couple things. I just don't believe in Deshaun Watson. And I think in a tough division, um, I think, you know, Bengals, you got Joe Burrow, Ravens, you got Lamar Jackson, and obviously that they're kind of strong infrastructurally. You got the Steelers with their devil magic, of course, because the Steelers just find a way to always win, of course. Um, I just kind of think the Browns are the odd ones out. So I have the Browns eight and nine at the bottom of the AFC North. Yeah, I uh, I, I think that's definitely fair analysis. I have them right now at 11 and six, just sneaking in as a wild card team. Um, and I think you and I agree with pretty much every other structure of this team. Um, Chubb is obviously very nice. Amari Cooper is a solid wide receiver one. And then you have good depth in Elijah Moore, DPJ, Tillman, Goodwin, David Bell. Um, the receiver play last year out of Cleveland was horrible. It's time to get Anthony Schwartz and Jakeem Grant off of this team. Um, solid option in David Njoku. The line is really good. I am betting on Watson a little bit more as much as I wouldn't like to. I think you alluded to it earlier where you know, when he came back from the suspension, he looked absolutely off. He looked like a bottom five quarterback in the league. His mechanics were really bad. Um, but the reason I'm betting on him is because before all of the off the field issues and stuff like that, he was maybe the best quarterback in the league, dare I say. Um, it was at the time where Mahomes wasn't quite the genius decision maker that he is now. Um, and I think those two were kind of the 1A, 1B at the top of the league. Um, and there's a very broad spectrum between his play in 2020, I think it was, and his play for the six games that he saw this season. Um, if you want to bet closer to the back end of that, I, I can't argue because he looked really bad. Those mechanics were awful. But I think we're going to see something a little bit closer to the vintage Deshaun Watson before uh, all of the massage issues, I guess. Um, moving on to the defense, I think that this is one of the most improved units over the offseason. This is a group that the, the Browns are 
I think, pretty used to having a bad defense. It feels like this defense, especially the run defense, has been really bad for the past few years, and they went out this offseason and completely changed that. Um, obviously, you've got Miles Garrett, who's already really nice, but going out and grabbing Dalvin Tomlinson, who I really like on the interior. Zadarius Smith is an awesome pass rusher to complement Garrett. Siaki Ika, like you mentioned, on the inside. Perry on Winfrey, I really like. Um, Ogbo Okoronkwo was one of the most underrated edge rushers from Houston. There's just there's so many different ways that you can get pressure, and the run on the interior is really, really nice. I think this is going to be one of the best front four groups, front five, I guess, in the league. Um, from a linebacker standpoint, I really like Jeremiah Wusukormoa. I think he's one of the best off-ball linebackers in the league. Anthony Walker and Taki Taki aren't anything that I'm raving about, but uh, I think with this cornerback group, Denzel Ward, Greg Newsom, Martin Emerson, you can kind of just line up in nickel all day long, play some 4-2 packages, and get one of those guys off the field, put Walker or Taki Taki, whichever one you're keeping on there, in sort of a spinner role. And I think you feel good about that because that sort of mitigates your weakness a little bit. Um, I think, and then the safety duo of Grant Delpit, Juan Thornhill isn't anything special, um, but it will definitely get you by. So I, I'm, I think that this roster is one of the most balanced overall. Um, and I think really the only question mark here is how is Deshaun Watson going to play? Because as I sort of mentioned earlier, there's a very wide spectrum of his play that we've seen over the last couple of years. I think it's going to be a little bit closer to that 2019-2020 Deshaun Watson. Um, if you're out on the Browns and think Watson's going to play exactly like he did last year, that's not analysis that I can disagree with, though. So. Fair enough. Um, so, well, you talked, let's see, wait, you talked about the Steelers. I talked about the Browns. You talked about the Browns. And we're going to finish that off. I'm going to talk about the Steelers. Um, I have the Steelers in at 8-9. and nine. Um, they're, I guess they're both 8-9. and nine. I just have... The Steelers with a better divisional record. Um, and I'd have to agree in general when you're looking at the rosters, comparing the two between the Browns and Steelers, it, it definitely feels like on paper I, I would lean towards the Browns. What what kind of gives me the hope for the Steelers, and I shouldn't say hope because I don't think by any means they're a legitimate playoff contender, but They've always found ways to win, and I think there is some infrastructure to do it. I'm not really sure how I feel about Kenny Pickett. I don't think he's a bona fide franchise quarterback, but I also think he's someone that can keep you in games. He might not win you games, but I also don't I think he's not gonna be outright losing game after game. He'll keep you in it. Um, and I think that then you go to the weapons. Um, I think Deontay Johnson is going to have a big year, you know, a little bit of a bounce back. Not not that last year was was bad per se, but I think he's going to have an even more expanded role. Same could be said for George Pickens. Um, obviously, Pat Fryermuth has developed into a fantastic tight end. I'm fascinated to see what they do with Darnell Washington. Um, they could, I mean, you were talking about their line. It's not impressive. I mean, maybe let Darnell Washington play left tackle or right tackle. I'd love to see it, or at least what Darnell Washington is an absolute freak of nature. Um, but like you said, obviously the line isn't great. And then it comes down to Najee Harris, which I know you're not a fan of Najee Harris in general. Uh, a lot of people aren't fans of Najee Harris and I think it's valid. However, I think that he's going to be, more productive than he was last year. I think 
that's not, I mean, and that's also, I don't, not a crazy take at all because he just was not efficient at all last year. It was like, uh, I don't have it on me. What was his yards per attempt? Like three, five. I think, I think it was like three, nine or something like that. I can look it up right now. Okay. It's I, I saw it's three, eight. And so even though oh, yeah. Yeah. it was three, nine and you know, that's not as efficient as you would like, but I still think that he's a val- you know, a useful player. And I think we'll see, not to be forgotten, his rookie year, he had 74 catches. Um, that went down to 41 last year. But he is, he might not look the part. He can make an impact in the passing game. I think Najee Harris, is he a Pro Bowl caliber running back? Closer to top tier? Probably not. But I think he's gonna be an asset this year for the Steelers. You get to the defense. Um, you mentioned it. I really like Keanu Benton. He's a good player. He also is going to the or went to the university that I'm going to go Badgers. Um, Cameron Hayward, that's a guy you know what you're getting. TJ Watt, you mentioned it. He he looked off when he came back, but the results really didn't show that. He just still is so talented and has that. You put it beautifully. It's because he's TJ Watt. He just was kind of able to overcome it. Um I really like the DBs. Um, Patrick Peterson, uh, you know, a little bit unsure about, but, and same, I guess I should rephrase this. Two of their DBs I absolutely love, and that makes me really happy. Minka Fitzpatrick, arguably the best safety in the league. He's just, he's a ball hawk. He can make plays um, regardless of where you line him up. And Joey Porter Jr., I think was the best cornerback going into this draft class. Um, I, at least it's a coin for him or Christian Gonzalez. The point is, I think he was worth a top 15 pick. He has the build of an elite corner. Maybe, you know, he doesn't necessarily have the interceptions or the statistics from college to back it up, but you watch him and he is just fantastic. I mean, I, I think he has a lot of similarities to Sauce Gardner. I don't think he's Sauce Gardner, but in in Pittsburgh, I think he's going to be able to flourish. Um, linebackers, you mentioned, not not great. Roberts, Holcomb. Um, I think it wouldn't surprise me if you see some younger guys like a possibly rookie Nick Herbig step up into a role because I, I really don't think any of those guys are locked in um, necessarily. I don't think those are guys that they have molded at linebacker. I also don't think they're necessarily long-term fixes. So overall, I think this is kind of close to the definition of a very average mid-roster. And I think the way that the Steelers play, they are going to stick in games. They are going to give nightmares to other teams. You Like the Steelers, doesn't matter if they're not great. They're not a team that you want to play towards the end of the schedule. Um, Yes, I have them finishing under 500, but I mean, in general, betting for them to go under 500 with Mike Tomlin feels sacrilegious. You don't even need to look at the 53 man. It's like they usually get the benefit of the doubt. Um, I have them at eight and nine. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. Uh, for my number two in the AFC North, uh, major disclaimer here. Uh, this team finished second in the division, despite going 14 and three. And that was off some sort of tiebreaker. I'm not actually sure what it was when I went and predicted the games. Um, But I think this team is in line to be the greatest five seed of all time. And that team is the Cincinnati Bengals. I had them just being edged out by Baltimore. 
Um, and when I look at this Bengals team, uh, I think this offense is going to be one of, if not the best in the league. I really love this group because they are going to have a really sweet mix of crazy explosive plays while still being able to dink and dunk and avoid turning the ball over. Uh, and that's because Joe Burrow is an absolute madman. Coming off his second season as a starter, um, him and Jamar Chase led the league in explosive plays, and that led to this group seeing a bunch of cover two and really any two high safety formations. And it has given a lot of other star quarterbacks trouble, like Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, are still not incredible when they're forced to dink and dunk and kind of work their way over the middle. Joe Burrow has absolutely mastered it at this point. And right now you sort of feel like there's not really a counter to stop him right now because he is probably the smartest pocket passer in the league, um, at least right up there with Dak and Herbert. Um, his decision-making at this point is really, really awesome. And then the receiving core of Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and Charlie Jones, who they just drafted, who I actually really liked out of Purdue. Um, I love Charlie Jones. Yeah, yeah. I think he's going to be he's gonna be your Cooper Cup, like, slot type of guy. Um, but that receiving core certainly isn't causing any harm over there in Cincinnati. Um, I do think, looking at the running game, I think Joe Mixon is going to be on his way out. And that's probably the right call considering all the off the field issues he has. And he looked really bad last year. He could not break any kind of tackle. Um, his contact balance looks like it's taken a very steep decline. And I think uh, cutting him is probably going to be the right move right now. They have chase Brown in line to start, um, but there's moves to be made. Maybe they go pick up Zeke or Dalvin as unattractive as those moves sound. Uh, I think there needs to be something addressed at the running back position. This offensive line is also weird to me. Um, Orlando Brown, I do think, is an upgrade for them because uh, on on their Super Bowl year, they had the exact same issue where it's like everything on the offense is awesome, but the offensive line is horrible. And so that offseason, they went out and they made high-end moves. They went and grabbed Alex Kappa, Leo Collins, and those moves just haven't paid off. So their offense is left in the exact same spot as it was then. Orlando Brown, I think, is going to be a positive for them. Um, slotting him at left tackle is going to be interesting because he has performed a lot better from the right side. Um, we'll we'll see if if he can sort of translate that over to the other side. Um, but everything else is not great to me. I don't love. I like. I don't love Kappa. But Jonah Williams has played absolutely terrible for him. I think terrible for the Bengals. I think he's going to win the right tackle job. It could be Lael Collins, but. I don't really like those options either way. Um, I think this defense is very underrated right now. They have one of the best interior defensive line duos in DJ Reader and BJ Hill. Their ability to just win combo blocks and two-gap, they're so valuable to the running game. And then Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson create pressure at a pretty solid rate. Um, and then their linebacker court, Jermaine Pratt, I really like. Logan Wilson, Akeem Davis, Akeem Davis Gaither. That's not a bad group by any means. Um, their defensive backs, obviously, they just let Jesse Bates walk. He signed with the Falcons for big money and free agency. Um, and now it's time for Dax Hill to sort of step up. I think he's going to have a breakout year. That's a guy I really liked in his pre-draft process. Um, and he sort of had the redshirt rookie year almost to sort of sit behind Bates and and develop. 
I think he's going to have a really big year. You're getting Chidobia Wuzie back off of the injury. He is an absolute monster. Uh, Cam Taylor Britt, that was another guy I liked in the pre-draft process. He should have a good year. And then I like DJ Turner, the guy they grabbed out of Michigan this year, and Mike Hilton as your cornerback four, and probably going to be the dime guy, if I had to guess right now. Um, that's a really solid group. I think that this defense is sort of flying under the radar. Um, and like I sort of said earlier, they're only finishing. This is like one of the best second place teams in the division in history, right? 14 and three, that almost always nets you a division win. Um, but I'm just a little bit higher on the team that's in front of them. I have a good guess on uh, the team that you have higher than them. I'll tell you that. Um, second, and this is good. In total, we do not have any mansions in the division. I think we hold similar rhetoric overall. But in second, I have the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I have them at 10 and 7. In general, I don't love putting wins and losses. I kind of just prefer state overall standings and who's making the playoffs. I have the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, making the playoffs as the final seed, the number seven seed. Lamar Jackson is a Baltimore Raven. After all of that, you know, oh, he wants out, Um, you know, them not offering him the contract that he wants. I mean, I don't think it was really surprising that he ended up staying. I don't really think there was another clear alternative that was going to happen. So he's back. A lot of Lamar doubters. I'm not one of them. I think Lamar is fantastic. I think he'll, you know, play like that top ten quarterback. Maybe, maybe top five if he's if he's able to stay healthy, get into a rhythm. You got uh, the running backs. It's just kind of how it goes with the Ravens. They love the by committee. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards does the job. Nothing to write home about. Um, and Lamar Jackson obviously makes his impact as a runner. And then they they made some moves at receiver. Obviously, they they bring back Rashad Bateman, who has struggled to stay healthy, but definitely some still like the upside. You draft Zay Flowers at pick, I don't know what twenty something. I don't know why twenty two. I, I believe twenty two. Okay, I was gonna say twenty three. Um, you take Zay Flowers, your first round pick. Then you sign Odell Beckham Jr. And all of a sudden, you have a very intriguing wide receiver room. Uh, I think Zay Flowers is going to mesh well. I think that he he's a different player than Hollywood Brown, but I think he's going to have a similar sort of connection with Lamar. Like, I think Zay Flowers is going to quickly become a big playmaker in this offense. I really don't know what to expect from Odell. Like, I'm not even going to pretend that I have any sort of thought. He, last time we saw him, he was playing good football. We just haven't seen it in a long time. Um, Offensive line, very sound. Obviously, Ronnie Stanley, um, Tyler Linderbaum, really big part of that. Kevin Zeitler. Uh, Right tech, you know, the other tackle spot's kind of interesting. Moses Morgan. uh, Morgan Moses, my apologies. Um, Daniel Falele. They have some different guys that could end up starting. Either way, pretty good unit. Tight end, Mark Andrews, he's he's the that number one option in the in the offense. He's fantastic. You have some good depth behind it. Isaiah likely going into his second season. It's it's a very well-rounded offense. Defensively, it's it's more of the same. They have a solid front. You got uh Justin Matabuke, Michael Pierce, Roderick Washington. They uh they got Odafe Oa off the side. And I think he's a guy who kind of been waiting 
in general, even from when he was drafted, didn't necessarily have the college production. It feels like he has the tools and could he eventually hit that stride and become become a real impact player? Because he there's no doubt he has the physical tools. Um, you get to the linebackers, uh, stand up linebackers, that is. Patrick Queen, Roquan Smith. It that that's pretty great. No need to really delve into that too much. Obviously, they spent a lot of capital on Roquan Smith, extended him. Patrick Queen, um, their draft pick from 2020. DBs, I like it. I like, I think Marlon Humphrey is fantastic. I think he is in for a huge year. Um, opposite, opposite, they have Rocky Sin. They have a couple different off- options. They drafted Caillou Blue Kelly, corner out of Stanford. I think he is a very solid player. I don't think he'll necessarily crack the starting role immediately or anytime soon, but I think we will. you will see him play. I think he will have um, a role in this DB room. And then Marcus Williams, of course. Kyle Hamilton is a guy that I'm very excited to see play. Um, It's kind of a weird case for him because he went into last year's draft with a lot of hype, tested weirdly, um, ended up going to Baltimore at 14. And now, you know, he fine rookie year. I think he's a guy that when I watch him play, especially thinking back to college, I just know that he has that playmaker ability. And I think in such a strong defense when he's a little more acclimated i think we're gonna see um we're gonna see him make a bigger impact i really like everything about the ravens it more so i i think they're a good team i wouldn't be surprised if they win the division they win 12 plus games uh it's just kind of the way it shook out um but i have them in second making the, the wild card yeah yeah and uh again i i think we do agree on a good amount of the rhetoric i think that the first thing that you need to think about when looking at this offense is greg roman is gone uh you're not going to see any more 13 personnel run up the gut read option with lamar it's going to be a much more passing based offense now that todd monken is in the building um and i think that goes to show why they went and had such heavy investment at the wide receiver position, obviously paying Odell big money, spending their first round pick on Zay Flowers. It's clearly a position that they're valuing more and more now that uh, the passing attack is going to be there uh, and a little more prevalent in the playbook. And I think Lamar is going to show a lot of different people what he is capable of through the air. Like you said, there's a lot of Lamar Jackson haters saying he's a running back or whatever. I think he is one of the most dynamic passers in the league, and I think we're really going to see that this year. J.K. Dobbins is someone I'm also very excited for. I was really, really high on him a couple years uh, right before he tore his ACL. I think I actually praised him quite a bit on a a red shirt prediction a couple years ago. I was I was very high on Dobbins. Um, I think I'm holding that same sight on him. I, I really like Dobbins, and I think he's going to have a big year. Um, the other thing we're going to see with a new Todd Monken offense is a lot of involvement with the tight ends. And obviously Andrews was going to be a big part of the offense before then, but I think you're going to see some Isaiah likely and Charlie Kolar, especially in the running game. Um, I think those guys are going to be very valuable. And this offensive line looks like one of the best in the league to me. Stanley when healthy is really solid. I also think bed Cleveland is an awesome breakout candidate. Zietler was nails for them last year. Uh, Linderbaum, obviously their first round center is one of the best in the league already. Um, and at that right tackle spot, I think you're kind of hoping Daniel Falele can make the jump this year and start. But if it doesn't, you're getting pretty average play out of Morgan Moses. Um, on to the defense, 
the run defense is going to be really, really good for this group. Justin Matabike, Michael Pierce, Broderick Washington. Um, that's a group that you really have to watch out for, along with Travis Jones. I forgot to mention Travis Jones. He is, I think, going to find a starting role with this Ravens team. He is awesome against the run. I think he offers a little bit as a pass rusher, too. Um, Travis Jones, to me, could very well be a star in the making this year. Um, my one concern with this group is the pass rush, right? Odafe Owe didn't take the leap that you were really hoping he would take last year. And there's definitely a lot of projection right now out of David Ojabo. He was a rookie I really liked um, coming off an Achilles tear right now. You're really, really hoping that he is a solid contributor in his first real year as an NFL player. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some moves made in that direction. Maybe they still go out and sign Justin Houston because he was really productive for them last year. And you sort of mentioned his name earlier. Kyle Hamilton, I think, is going to have a really big year. And I think people are going to take notice of it a little bit more. He, like you said, kind of has that playmaker gene. He reminded me a lot of Brian Branch when I watched him this year. Uh, but Kyle Hamilton is going to be one of the best box safeties in the league because he offers so much against the run and is still very big and agile enough to kind of guard people at the line of scrimmage as a nickel cornerback. I think that's really the role where he's going to play. I think Geno Stone is going to see some time as a safety. Um, and then, uh, like you said, Marlon Humphrey, awesome cornerback, one of the best in the league. That cornerback two spot is where I feel a little bit iffy. Rock, you seen solid man cornerback, but he doesn't really fit what Mike McDonald wants to do. He runs a lot of disguised coverages. I don't think Rocky Yassin is really the guy for that. Um, and then they drafted Jalen Armour Dame. Jamin, Jalen Armour Davis, excuse me, a year ago, who I really liked. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up seeing a starting role, but at a minimum, I think he can work his way to be the dime cornerback. Um, but I am, I'm all in on this team. This is a team that the past couple of years, the injury bug has not been kind to them, but I'm not really the type to factor that in when I'm thinking about what they can accomplish. And I think if this group stays healthy, they can easily return to that 2019 form in just a little bit different of a look, given how how much discrepancy there is schematically between those seasons. So I'm I'm all in on the Ravens. Fair enough. Uh, my first place team is the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, the offense is just as dynamic as it gets. Uh, Joe Burrow under center. We know what we got there. He's, I believe, the odds-on favorite to win MVP or possibly co-favorite with Patrick Mahomes. I don't know off the top of my head. Redshirt isn't endorsing gambling. Um, he's just, he's an established guy now. I don't really see any reason for him to drop off. I think he'll he'll continue the play that he had last year, Um, continue on that momentum. Jamar Chase is just incredible. You, there are few guys that possess... Uh, the big playability that he has. You go down the depth chart, T. Higgins, um, a great big body option. Yeah, Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd's good and all, but Charlie Jones. I love Charlie Jones. I think Charlie Jones will emerge. I wrote about him in a draft sleeper article. He transferred three times, found himself at Purdue, casually was one of the best receivers in college football last year. Not saying that he's going to have 110 receptions and 1,300 yards like he did at Purdue, but 
he's a guy that can be a safety blanket. Like you, you were talking about Burrow. He he'll take his layups. Uh, let me tell you, good good layup partner. We do in layup lines. Charlie Jones. Charlie Jones is incredibly effective at that. Um, I don't think he's gonna play a pivotal role, but he's gonna be a guy where you're like, couple catches every once in a while, and they're f- picking up first downs. Line is weird. You're talking about it. Uh, big money to Orlando Brown, and you know. Just in general, you kind of look at all of it, and there's, you know, eh, nothing you love. But there's just so much talent at the skill positions that I'm willing to overlook it, which maybe is naive, but they've been able to have success even with poor offensive line play. That's not even getting into tight end. I think Irv Smith, he's been injured. We haven't really seen much from him. I think he's going to be a productive player for the Bengals. He's has more speed than your average tight end. He can stretch the field a little bit. Um, I think he'll he'll be another contributor. Granted, I'm saying all of these guys are going to be contributors, so I'm going to have to be wrong somewhere to some extent. Um, running back, that this is where I really agree with you. Uh, Joe Mixon, I think he'll probably be on the roster. I think he'll be a Bengal this year would be my guess. But I think his days of being a bell cow, being one of the, you know, more highly regarded running backs in the league is gone. Um, I think they don't really have any other clear options to step up in a bell cow kind of role, but they did draft Chase Brown in the fifth round. Um, they have Chris Evans more uh, pass catching back. The offense is sick. Defense, defense is pretty, pretty dang good too. Um, on the defensive line, you got... Sam Hubbard, Trey Hendrickson on the ends. They also drafted Miles Murphy from Clemson. Um, on the inside, DJ Reader. Um, I like, you know, he definitely deserves his credit, BJ Hill. You look at the linebackers, Logan Wilson, Jermaine Pratt, um, not to be forgotten, Akeem Davis Gaither. Uh, the DBs, you were talking about Dax Hill. Dax Hill, it is big year for him. They, like you said, he basically just got to kind of learn from Jesse Bates, they obviously let Jesse Bates go. This is Dax Hill is going to be very important for uh what this defense is going to end up being. Cam Taylor Britt, uh Chidobi Awuzie, Mike Hilton. I don't love their corners. Uh DJ Turner, they took in the second. I I don't love him as a player. I think he has solid speed, but I from what I've watched of him, I don't really think he's a he's a great cornerback. Um so I think Bengals defense might not be regarded as one of the best, but the offense is just so good um, that I I have a hard time not taking the Bengals to win the division. I have them 13-4, and four, taking home the AFC North title. All right. Superlatives time? It you is got... superlatives time. So, I mean, if you are not a scholar and understand what superlatives are, that's okay. Um, basically, we're going to go through some mini awards within the division. Um, I guess we can kind of talk about them as we go. Start off, Jackson Powers, who is your AFC North MVP? I really bounced between Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow, and I think I am going to give the edge to Joe Burrow just because I think that this offense is going to put up a ton of yards a ton of production, and I think Burrow is going to have like 30-whatever touchdowns and like five picks. I, I think that they're going to have a great combination of creating explosives while also being able to avoid turnovers. That's something you don't really see often. 
And I think Burrow's stat sheet is just going to be pretty undeniable. So I, I think I'm going with Burrow for my MVP pick. I agree. I also have Burrow. That's that's what a lot of my thinking comes down to is I think Lamar, even when Lamar is playing great, he will have some of those off games. Like he's he'll have a turnover here and there. There's some times where it's just the way that the Ravens play. Uh, the game script won't. And uh, I didn't even mention it. Greg Roman gone. Big for society, big for society. But still, with that being said, there are going to be games where if they're running the ball well, um, they're going to do that. They're not looking to stat pad. Not that the Bengals are trying to stat pad, but Joe Burrow is going to fill up the stat sheet, like you said. So I have Joe Burrow as my MVP as well. Oh, yeah. Next rookie um, of the year. All right. So I didn't really love this pick, but my rookie of the year is going to be Zay Flowers just because I, I look at these four teams and it's hard for me to find where there's going to be going to be immediate rookie production. I think the Steelers have gotten a lot of really sweet athletes, but probably guys that you're betting on breaking out in year two or three. Um, they don't have a lot of formidable year one guys for me. Um, the Browns, it's a little bit of the same. I do like Ica, but I find it hard to believe he's really going to see the field. Um, and to me, the best guy left was Zay Flowers. I didn't really love him necessarily, but I do. I, I sort of mentioned earlier, the Ravens are going to be passing the ball a lot more than they usually do. And Flowers is going to be very involved with that. So I think sort of by default, I'm going with him. Uh, Joey Porter Jr. I made it very clear. I'm a huge fan of his. Oh, I, think, I think he's going to quickly be. Give it a couple years. I think we're going to be talking about him as a cornerback one. Um, I, I can't believe that he slipped to the second round. He's going to be a stud. Yeah, that's that's a really good pick. I, I, I thought about him. I, I just worried a little bit how he was going to click with man coverage instantly, but he's such a smart zone mover. I, I think that it's very, very possible. Yeah. Uh, Next, we have most improved, which these next two, this is most improved. Next one is biggest surprise. There's a lot of room for interpretation here. Um, hence why they're superlatives. This is a letter of the law. So if you feel that we mischaracterized it, you know, our picks or something, sorry. All right. So I treated the most improved award as like a year two or three breakout guy. Um, and I had Daxton Hill here at first, but I made a last minute audible and I went with Travis Jones out of UConn for the Ravens, who I really like. I think he is going to find a starting role on that line. He's a really sweet run defender, um, and I think he is going to have just a highlight reel of of plays this year. So I think Travis that, – that was a guy, pre-draft process, I would have taken in the first round, I think. Uh, Ravens ended up getting him in the third, I believe, third rounder. Um, yeah, I, I think he's going to take a big jump this year and carve himself a bigger role than I think a lot of people are looking at right now. Yeah. And so my most improved, I follow the same idea. Um, I have Kyle Hamilton. I think, you know, I don't have a ton to say. I already kind of mentioned it. I Kyle Hamilton is going to be a fantastic player, primarily in the box, but he he's just such a strong athlete. I don't really care what those testing numbers say. You watch him. He makes plays. He can go sideline to sideline uh, in a defense that I think is going to be very strong. Um, I like Kyle Hamilton. All right. The the biggest surprise award. I, I told Jeremy I would do this. I cheated a little bit. I didn't really highlight one player. Uh, I just went with the Browns defense. Uh, I think given their track record over the last couple of years, they've never really had a great unit. And I think that this group 
should be hovering right around the top 10, maybe even the top five. I'm pretty sold on almost every position inside linebacker scares me just a little bit, but I'm willing to live with that if they're playing a lot of nickel. And I think that a lot of people don't have this group on their radar right now. So I'm going with the Browns defense. Uh, so for me, I have biggest surprise. These are all guys that I've alluded to. And this is, again, biggest surprise definitely has room for interpretation. I mean, I, I have Charlie Jones. I don't think Charlie Jones is a, I wouldn't put him anywhere close to rookie of the year because I don't think he's going to have that sort of consistent production. But I think as the year goes on, he's going to have more of a role in the Bengals offense. He's going to be, a, you know, moving the chains. Um and again, not necessarily something spectacular, and so I suppose this isn't exactly a big surprise, but I think when I look at this division, there aren't a ton of other guys that immediately come to mind that, as someone that I think is going to be super surprising. You talk about Jones, not really a heralded prospect at all. Um, I think he fits the bill. I think he'll be productive. Um, and then right. we, fin- we finish off the superlatives, biggest letdown. So my biggest letdown is a guy that I think a lot of people would fit into their most improved award that I'm just betting against a little bit. And that's George Pickens. I I really did like him coming out of Georgia. Um, But I think people's expectations are just too high for him right now. In his rookie year, he was, I would say, pretty comfortably the best contested catch guy in the league because his hands are just so elite. And I think because of that, there's a lot of people just expecting him to take that jump into like the top 10 receiver range. And I just don't see it. I think he's way too stiff of a route runner. He doesn't really do all of the other pretty mundane receiver stuff well. He's not a great separator. Uh, He doesn't work well over the middle of the field. I I think he's more of just, I think he's going to be like a Mike Williams where he's a very solid one trick pony that a lot of people hope break out because there's athleticism there, but I think he's going to sort of stick to his own and not take the jump that a lot of people are expecting him to. Fair. Uh, my biggest disappointment, it's it's Deshaun Watson. I think that all of these are kind of things that I alluded to. Um, I think that the roster with the Browns, it's well done, I think, with an elite quarterback there, an elite team. I just I'm not putting my faith in Deshaun Watson. And this is one where I wouldn't be surprised at all if I'm very wrong. There's plenty of talent to work with with him and plenty of talent around him to elevate him. I'm just I'm not buying I'm not buying him getting back to that sort of elite level um to the point where he can get the Browns into more serious contention. Anything else to add about the great AFC North before we call it a day? There's there's some good parity in this division. Like you like you said, I don't think that this is probably the first time in redshirt history where we didn't have a single pick uh the same. Um I think this there, there's such a toss up in so many different ways. I I'm really excited to see how this group plays out. Yes. Me too. Um as always check out the blog the redshirt.blog or the redshirt.wix site backslash home. Uh, the Twitter at the redshirt blog, Instagram at the dot redshirt. That's how to stay up to date with everything. Um, Jackson, obviously, JPAL NFL on TikTok and Twitter. And then what's your new? I'll let you talk. I think, well, yeah. So JPAL NFL on TikTok and Twitter. And then it's just Jackson Powers on YouTube. Cool. Um, thank you guys for listening. We will see you for the next preview. 
Uh, thank you guys for listening.